Monday, September the 7th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, India's COVID-19 record and Brexit brinkmanship. First, the world in brief. India recorded more than 94,000 new coronavirus cases on Sunday, a global record. Its daily figures are now greater than China's cumulative total. With 4.1 million infections, India's caseload is pulling ahead of Brazil's. Only America has more. Delhi reopened its metro after five months without service. Meanwhile, in Victoria State, Australia's hotspot, Melbourne extended its lockdown through September 27th. Tens of thousands of Belarusians protested for a fourth weekend against President Alexander Lukashenko, who rigged an election last month to stay in power. Police arrested 30 people in Minsk, the capital, for illegal demonstrations. Separately in Hong Kong, police arrested almost 300 people during protests against the government's year-long postponement of elections that were to have taken place yesterday. The Financial Times reported that the British government will this week publish draft legislation allowing itself to override parts of its European Union withdrawal agreement, including the customs deal aimed at preventing a hard Irish border. That would cause ructions at Brexit negotiations, which continue this week and are not going well. Britain's chief negotiator said yesterday that his government is unafraid of walking away without a deal. A deal between the White House and Congress will fund America's federal government until December, avoiding a shutdown. Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, said the details would be released by the end of the week. Separate negotiations over further stimulus measures to offset damage from the pandemic are ongoing, with the Senate due to reconvene on Tuesday. A federal judge ordered America's Census Bureau to pause plans to wrap up this year's count early. Last month, President Donald Trump pushed the Bureau to complete the census in September, despite the pandemic. A coalition of cities, counties and civil rights groups is demanding that the Bureau work until the end of October, as originally intended, lest it miscount minorities. Heiko Maas, Germany's foreign minister, pressed Russia to cooperate with investigations into the poisoning of Alexei Navalny, a Russian opposition politician. Mr Maas told a newspaper that Russia's intransigence endangers Nord Stream 2, a shared gas pipeline being built under the Baltic Sea. The Kremlin has repeatedly denied that Mr Navalny, who remains in a coma in a Berlin hospital, was poisoned. And Amazon banned foreign sales of seeds in America after thousands of customers received unwanted packets in the post, many of them sent from China. The deliveries are thought to be part of a scam run by sellers on the e-commerce site to garner positive reviews. The Department of Agriculture warned against planting the seeds which may carry diseases or pests. And now, here's today's agenda. Toil and trouble. Labour Day. Labour Day in America will be bittersweet this year. There are 11 million fewer Americans in work than before COVID-19 struck. Despite some signs of recovery, the unemployment rate remains at 8.4%. Before the pandemic, it was 3.5%. These statistics represent real hardship for millions of families, made none the better by the inability of Congress to extend enhanced unemployment benefits and an eviction moratorium which expired in July. America is now less than two months away from electing its next president. Economic prospects tend to correlate well with voter behaviour. President Donald Trump is hoping voters will judge him on his pre-pandemic record. Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee, will argue that Mr Trump's chaotic response to COVID-19 worsened the economic fallout. He is pitching a New Deal-esque mobilisation of 100,000 new public health workers, among other ideas. 
expect both men to appeal to America's workers at the first presidential debate later this month. Hack or Hacker? Julian Assange's extradition hearing. Julian Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks, has languished in a British prison cell for 515 days following his arrest on American computer hacking charges in April 2019. Today, a court will begin hearing whether he should be extradited. Though Mr Assange was originally charged with conspiring with an army intelligence analyst to steal classified information, America has since piled on 17 more draconian charges, ordered them under its Espionage Act, ordinarily used against spies which would carry a sentence of decades in prison. Mr Assange took asylum in the Ecuadorian embassy in London in 2012 to avoid unrelated rape charges in Sweden, which were dropped last November. His defenders argue that the hacking and espionage charges are politically motivated and would in effect criminalise legitimate journalism. To his detractors, it is the alleged law-breaking that sets him apart from real journalists. In no hurry. Taliban talks. After years of stubbornness and obstacles, the main event may finally be about to begin. This week, Taliban and Afghan government envoys are expected to meet in Qatar to attempt to end Afghanistan's 40 years of bloodshed. A much-heralded deal in February between America and the rebels only addressed their beefs with one another, leaving Ashraf Ghani's government sidelined. America agreed to withdraw troops. The Taliban said they would relinquish ties with terrorists like al-Qaeda. Any breakthrough needs the insurgents to sit with Kabul's power brokers. A prisoner swap which had been holding up talks was completed last week. The Taliban delegation reached Doha over the weekend, and America's envoy Zalmay Khalilzad is en route to offer support. Diplomats warn of a long and bumpy road ahead. It is not clear what the Taliban want. Hopes the meeting can quickly be parlayed into a ceasefire seem remote. Yet just meeting is a milestone. Short haul long return. Boeing's next test. Boeing's quest to return the 737 MAX, the latest version of its short-haul workhorse, to commercial service faces another test today. European regulators will follow their American counterparts and begin certification flights for a plane that has been grounded for 16 months after two fatal crashes. But Boeing has other hurdles to clear, including design changes requested by America's Federal Aviation Authority, which conducted its own test flights a couple of months ago. Boeing hopes to resume deliveries of the plane in the fourth quarter. But the industry has been battered by the pandemic, meaning a far lower production rate than the firm had previously anticipated. It plans to cut production of its long-haul jets by around half. Despite a relatively buoyant defence business, Boeing lost $2.4 billion in the second quarter of this year and is set for a difficult few years before airlines get back to pre-COVID levels of business. Child's Pay Germany's Kinder Bonus Germany's days as a deficit hawk are on pause. The country's two stimulus packages designed to offset the economic effects of COVID-19 amount to over a quarter of a trillion euros. Additionally, its already existing Kurzarbeit scheme, which allows workers whose hours and pay have been cut to claim income replacement benefits, was extended by a further year to 2022 last month. The latest beneficiaries of the state's largesse are young families, who as part of the second stimulus package today begin receiving the first of two payments of €150, for each of their children. The kinder bonus is pitched as a well-earned thanks to parents who have taken on more schooling and childcare duties during lockdowns. The second payment will arrive next month, and more help is on the way. 
The per-child government stipend that was in place before the pandemic will rise by 15 euros to between 219 euros and 250 euros per month in 2021. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Edith Sitwell, who was born on this day in 1887. I have often wished I had time to cultivate modesty, but I am too busy thinking about myself. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.